Welcome to the Proudly Imperfect podcast with your host, me, Courtney Wallbank, aka the Grow and Glow Coach, bringing you realness you can relate to, real conversations, real people, and I'm sure there'll be real fuck ups along the way. This is about accepting yourself for the hot, steamy mess you are and embracing your incredible imperfections. Subscribe if you love it, and I hope you like today's episode. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome, welcome, welcome to today's episode. I am so buzzing for today's. I've honestly been like a little stalker from the sidelines for so long with this guy, and I've honestly been fascinated with his outlook of the world and the way he's able to articulate his insights. For me, I'm excited because I know I'll learn a lot, as will all of you guys listening. Um, He has a way of communicating spirituality, connection and the magic of the mind that literally punches you in the face and makes you instantly wake up in all the right ways he inspires people every day including me and I'm sure he'll add a little little bit of magic into your life as you listen with his passion for bringing people together he's co-founded the famous North Bonday Sunday Sunset Drum Party and changes lives with his shadow work programs please welcome the wonderful shadow work practitioner, Charles Missy. Hello, hon. How are you? Hello, very good. Wow, I just uh, like myself a whole lot more <laughs> after that introduction. Thank you very much, Courtney. It's a pleasure to be here. No worries, always. Everyone always comes on and they're a bit like, oh, I didn't expect that. Thank you. So <laughs> That was a great intro. I've got to say, I've been on a few podcasts and... <laughs> Like, yeah, usually, like, yeah, great great work on that intro. I think this podcast is going to go really far. So. Oh, thank you so much, Charles. Um, so I wanted to kind of kick things off with your journey. But first, it's International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day. Um, are you celebrating any women today? Tell me some things. Mm, yeah, well, um, <laughs> I actually put up a video last night about Okay. Uh, spiritual women and uh, I've seen that women. the new moon I've seen it <laughs> that was my way of contributing to the celebration of of of, of women that was uh <laughs> but yeah definitely celebrating my mum oh uh, I love that. yeah I was raised by a single mother okay she had uh, four kids and my other siblings my other three siblings are all girls so oh, really? oh, you've got a lot of women to celebrate then yeah so <laughs> definitely celebrating all of them as well I work with a lot of women celebrating all of them uh, but yeah just celebrating all women uh, around the world right now happy international women's day oh, amazing I love that I love that so you are obviously very kind of deeply connected with yourself and others I'm really interested. So have you always been this way? Was you kind of brought up around spirituality and kind of learn it as you're growing up? Or was there like a a line in the sand moment where things changed for you? Like, mm. tell me about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? So uh, I didn't grow up around spirituality. Grew up in a uh, Christian uh, upbringing. Okay. Um I grew up in Western Sydney in my childhood years and then uh, teenage years was in the inner west of Sydney. Immigrant parents came from Lebanon, uh, fled the Civil War. Uh, They met here, could barely speak English, connected, uh, got married, had kids. I was one of those kids. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so journey really uh, began, I'd say, 
I'd say I'd say my journey really began when I was about 16. Okay. Uh, so I got into a street fight. Uh, me and my friend got jumped. It basically means like a larger group of individuals will then attack you. Um, so me and my friend got jumped by a larger group. And I just remember after that, uh, I got pretty severely bashed. I got concussed. I was knocked out on the ground. Face was getting stomped. Um, my goodness. by a group of larger men and older men as well. Um, I just remember after that, just thinking to myself, like, fuck, like, kind of feel really just shit about myself and yeah. really weak and um, kind of emasculated. And this was at a time where I was the man of the house because yeah. my parents split up when I was eight and I embodied this role in my household with four women of being this man of the house and our house got robbed when I was maybe you know about 10 or so so there was always this like kind of sense Pressure. that I had to be like the protector and this is something that I imposed on myself yeah. and you know there was some kind of words that I would receive uh from like my mother would say you're the man like things like that so there was always this like underlying sense that I had to be responsible for the protection of, you know, this household because yeah. I was the man. So when I got uh, in that fight after that, I just felt like I'd kind of failed yeah. that. And, you know, how am I going to protect my family if someone breaks in again, you know, because mm. it's quite a traumatic experience when you're young and you go, you walk in your house and it's all destroyed and your nintendo 64 has been stolen and you know you can't play mario kart anymore and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh so after that that's when i'm like okay um you know i, I got to do something i got to make a change and then that's when i decided to join a local boxing gym in my area and the motivation there was to learn how to fight to become stronger become tougher but Inherently, what it did was it got me out of an environment on the streets where there was a high prevalence of violence and, you know, people just engaging in certain types of behaviors mm -hmm. that wouldn't um, uh, perceive to be quite healthy. Like, you know, it was all about cigarettes and this and, yeah. uh, you know, drinking, things like that. So I got off the streets and I actually fell in love with, you know, training and bettering myself. And that was like the first thing I ever did where it was revolved around self-development. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started healing. Uh, before that, it was already kind of in my head to start doing boxing or something because at school I was quite angry and aggressive. And this was the, 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 um, the, the emotions that I felt towards my father because of the disconnection and the loneliness yeah. that I had towards him and how he was in and out of my life. I was going to anger management and uh, at school and, you know, sometimes it would come out at school. And so boxing was always like this thing where it was like, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's go do this. And it became like a form of somatic therapy for me, like a safe space for me to just unleash that part of me. I would go there every day after school for a couple of hours and just smash the boxing bag and just release it. And sometimes the gym would be completely empty. It was like this really old school, small gym. It didn't last very long after that. Um, a few years later, it closed down, but it was just like this run down, just just like room and I would just be in there for hours just smashing this bag with did you know, you know what you was doing at the time like did you know at that point that you was allowing yourself this release did you know like the how can I put it did you know it was that deep kind of thing at the time did or did you realize that a bit later on 
I realized that later. And this this okay. is this is the difference between going on well, this is this is what a this is the difference between going on perhaps a top-down approach to a yeah. bottom-up approach to healing. So a top-down approach is like you're you're understanding it from an intellectual logical level straight away. Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of like you're you're about to travel to a country and then you're learning about the cuisine, you're learning yeah. about these are the sites you go to, you're learning about the language, you're taking a top-down approach before you go to the country and experience it. Whereas a bottom-up approach would be you just book a ticket, you just go and you yeah. just learn when you get there, you find out random locations and spots, you meet random people, you're like, this food's good, this food sucks. So. Yeah. That, that would be a more of a bottom-up approach. So I definitely took more of a bottom-up approach to my right. healing journey. And I didn't know I was healing, but I knew that I felt good afterwards. And yeah. it was it was doing something. And that's what kept me kept me going. So that's how it pretty much began. You know, I was a uh, angry teenage kid, unresolved childhood uh, experiences. And that was the path that just uh, got me into self-developing, developing myself and Mm -hmm. eventually led to me getting to where I am now. Amazing. I resonate with that so much because I remember I didn't really even go to the gym. I think it was, I mean, it wasn't when I was 16, but it was just before lockdown. So about, it's about two and a half years ago. And I got into like a really, really dark place so I started going to the gym and it's the same with you. I knew that it was making me feel amazing. I knew it was doing something, but I know now that that was like, it's like the seeds planted, isn't it? It's like, okay, something's happening here. And then it starts to grow and you become more conscious of what you're actually, of how it's helped and what it's doing. So love, I love kind of your journey. That's amazing. In terms of where you're at now. So you're a shadow work practitioner now. For those who are listening who aren't fully aware of what shadow work is and how powerful it is, I just want you to go back to basics and try and kind of explain for those who might be new to it what it is that you actually do now and why it's so powerful. Okay, cool. All right, so the shadow is a term used to describe the parts of us that we are not consciously aware of. Mm -hmm. So that's all that the shadow means. We've all got a shadow and within it is a compilation of all these different parts of us that we may not be aware of, but they do dictate the course of our life. They make up a large portion of the decisions that we make, the thoughts that we experience, the emotions that we feel, the behaviors that we conduct. This is because 95% of what we do in our general day-to-day lives is unconscious, Mm -hmm. right? So just because we're not consciously aware of our shadow doesn't mean the shadow isn't, uh, you know, causing us to go towards a certain direction in our lives. So shadow work is the conscious introspection into your unconscious parts of you to make the unconscious conscious. Mm -hmm. You can see how these parts of you are contributing to perhaps relationship issues, uh, you know, health issues, behavioral issues, addictions, um, certain thoughts and emotions that you're experiencing. And then essentially connecting with these parts of you and learning how to integrate them in a way that gives them what they need so that they don't manifest in these ways that don't serve you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we're developing 
when we when we're growing up okay we're, we're born we're born whole into this world we're born authentically us we cry when we want to cry we you know we get angry we get upset we you know we just dance we walk around naked you know we're just <laughs> just just little kid you know just being themselves but we learn from the outside world mainly our parents our caregivers uh, what is right what is wrong what is acceptable what isn't acceptable uh, what is worthy what is unworthy what is good enough what is not good enough okay mm-hmm. and we learn that through our experiences now as we are uh, developing what we do is we mold ourselves to be accepted into our families our societies at that time so if we're growing up in a family where they are heavily focused on logistics and planning and structure and and you know studying and get, getting a good job in a corporate world when you're older well then there can be a large emphasis on you uh placing a a lot of energy into studying certain subjects and and expressing certain ways of being but perhaps when you express creativity and play and you know, want to play an instrument, music, or, you know, art, things like that. Perhaps there wasn't a large emphasis on that. If 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 not, perhaps there was judgment towards you doing that, that it's a waste mm-hmm. of time. It's not going to get you anywhere in life. So then what you do is you learn, this is what you can do. You can learn to suppress that part of you, to push it away. Because if you are to show that part of you in the eyes of your caregivers who you're dependent on in your most vulnerable years to survive, Mm-hmm. then you may be judged and there's a you know it all links back to some uh, s- primitive survival sense of if we're not going to be accepted by caregivers then our chances of survival drops down and then we're at risk of you know, dying which is why we trigger these stress responses which are survival adaptations so the survival adaptation can be to suppress that part of you push it away and then create more of an identity around logistics and structure. And then what happens is you live the rest of your life. You don't have the ability to be able to express yourself in this creative way where you can uh, perhaps channel some of that into your business or just for yourself to enjoy life a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that deprives you of that part of the human experience. So that's just an example there. So shadow work would be connecting to that part of you who feels like they're unworthy and not good enough. And this is why that narrative may come up a lot when you're doing healing work. It's like, I feel like I'm not good enough, not worthy. So parts of you do. And these parts of you learned that they're not good enough and they're not worthy mm-hmm. by your caregivers, by society, by your religion, by your school systems. And they hold that belief about themselves. So we call these orphaned parts. Okay. So they're multiple different sub-personalities that all think and feel differently and see the world differently and behave differently, but they're all pushed into the shadow, which there may be hundreds of these different parts of you that hold these beliefs about themselves. So shadow work is like going into your shadow, mm-hmm. opening the door of this cave and going in there and oh like, hey, God, I've seen your video. I've seen your video the other week when you like walked into the room and then you was like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. (laughs) And going in there and connecting with these parts of you and essentially learning how to love and accept them. Okay. And sorry, go on. No, no, go on, go on. What would you say is like the hardest things that you've had to to 
accept yourself accept about yourself and just as much as you know comfortable sharing but what's been the hardest part kind of for you okay hardest (laughs) one all right fuck (laughs) (laughs) i'd say there there was there was definitely my relationship with sex okay Okay, that's interesting so i resonate that as well i'm interested to see Mm -hmm. what you say so when I was 11 years old, so I, my father wasn't around when I was this age. And as mm-hmm. a man, I learn, and this is for all men, as a man, you learn what sex is uh, via, via learning it from your father. Yeah. You learn the same. A woman learns that from her mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my father wasn't there. Yeah. So because he wasn't there, a replacement came in to fill that gap. And that replacement was my older, uh, another family member, my older cousin. Okay. Okay, A few years older than me, I looked up to him. I used to go to his house. He had a nice house, clean. My house was all, you know, chaotic and housing (laughs) condition and fucking got robbed and shit. Didn't have a Nintendo 64. (laughs) So I would go to his house and, you know, he, he was already a few years ahead of me on his journey. Uh, and he was, he was the, 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 the man that taught me what sex is through pornography. Right. Okay. So I was exposed to that via mm-hmm. him. Now, as a young child, like the first time you're experiencing something like that and seeing that, that creates an imprint on you where it's like, okay. This is, this is what, what I, yeah. This, this is it, okay. And the type of content that I was watching, it was quite extreme. So, okay. so just like any type of uh, uh, drug, okay. It's it's like you know you, you go and you have one coffee a day, but then that coffee isn't as strong anymore. You got to have two coffees a day. You got to have three coffees a day to get the same stimulation. Same thing with alcohol. Same thing with cocaine. Same thing with you know food binging. With pornography, the way that it works to achieve that same uh, level of excitement, okay, uh, is via watching more and more and more and more extreme versions of porn. Okay, so there's loads of different genres out there. You go to a pornographic website. There's fucking thousands of them now. <laughs> so the the type of porn that I was watching at that time for the first time, it was quite extreme. Yeah. Okay? And then that created an imprint on me that that's what sex is. So, and it was only like a f- years later until I actually realized that I'm like, wait a minute, that was that wasn't like normal. Oh, well, yeah, normal in terms of what I feel like an 11 year old child should be watching. Yeah, okay? and 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 it's not what sex is, right? Uh, or has to be. Or even what I even want it to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That imprint is there and subconsciously there's a part of me who believes that's what it is. So during my life, I was always kind of conflicted between like these two parts of me that's like, that's what it is. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is. It's fucked. So, you know, I was kind of like at war with myself with that. Yeah. And uh, that created a lot of uh, judgment and shame that I carried and it manifested into a porn addiction. So porn became the safe space for me, for that part of me to come out and enjoy that genre. Uh, It also then manifested into me seeing sex workers where I could 
experience that type of, type of okay. being with them because yeah. I'm being them, you know, it's just like safe, you know, whatever. So that was something that I struggled with a lot for a long time. It affected my relationship with uh, with women and my yeah. sex life. Um, it, it actually caused me to have uh, like a lot of erectile dysfunction when I was like in my late, uh, just in my teenage years oh, and like really? early 20s. And, you know, these are years where um, immense group circles socially, it's like, how many girls have you slept yeah. with? Did you get the job done? Like, <laughs> So because of that, like I didn't feel like I was worthy, and I felt like there was something wrong with me, and I was yeah wasn't I was broken or something. So that that really uh, affected me a lot. So big part of my journey has been um, working on my relationship with uh, sex, my sexuality, um, and it's been a beautiful journey. There's been so much growth there, and it really came from it really all came from me just choosing to face it and understand it, and I would never talk about this stuff before but now i'm talking about it openly yeah. you know I mean? so it just goes to show there's a lot of shame that's been lifted yeah, from it and, and that's what's important with healing uh anything is 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 learning how to love those parts of you and understand like hey it's just an 11 year old boy who was lost and just doing the best he could and he was really just continuing what he thought was right and 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 uh, you know i just got to give him some love and support you know because his dad wasn't there and he needs my masculinity now to come in and give him that guidance and support. Uh, so it was like my journey to becoming a man by doing that. And that's amazing. Honestly, like I resonate with that in kind of different senses. So mine was basically my dad was quite violent and you'll probably be able to give me some insight on this. I'm interested to know like what you think about this. My dad was quite violent and then he left. I was quite, I was older though when he left, I was about 15, but from the ages of, oh God, since I was a baby, like I seen him kind of do awful things to my mom. Like I remember once he like threatened and like he never physically hurt me, but he'd like threatened to burn the house down with me in it kind of thing. But then it was very up and down. I remember as a kid, so we do that, but then when everything was fine, as a kid, I was like, oh my God, like I want his attention so much. Like I want him to be like fine. I want him to love me. And when he was, I was like a daddy's girl kind of thing. Now, what I realized is as that went on, my relationship with obviously I found myself in a lot of toxic relationships in general. But when I was single, I would, it was like I needed the attention from men and well, not men, they were boys at the time. Um, but so from the age of like, from a young age, I lost my virginity very, very young. Mm -hmm. And then from like then up until, well, my early twenties, like I would sleep around so much, but not because I want, like, because I liked these men. It was like, it was like I needed that attention and like I'd put myself in stupid situations and like I've come to realize now that I think a part of me was always like needing that attention and needing that same as when I was a child it was like I was needing my dad to be okay with me I was needing these men to like me do you know what mm. I mean yeah it was yep. like I'd have to have sex with them in order them for me to like them mm. so then and I was so ashamed of that like so so ashamed of it I'd be always worried about people like out in me does that make sense so like 
people to say if I got on and did something like this like did a podcast someone coming out and saying oh my like who does she think she is she like she used to be this and that and now it's the same as you once you begin to kind of lift the shame on that and see the connections you know that your story will help people first of all like I know people listening will be so so like oh my goodness like I get it and I think yeah once you lift that shame number one your relationship with sex or with anything in life changes because you've lifted the shame on it and you've you kind of realize like oh shit there's nothing to be shameful of it is just something that I need to heal from and yeah so I really resonated with the kind of your sexual relationship thing so mm, interesting. what's your intake on that I'm intrigued thanks for sharing okay uh well what's your question so like in terms of does because that's a conclusion I've come to myself right. about like my dad and my relationships would you say that's like how can I put this so Courtney take a big yeah. breath in okay let go Okay, I invite you to speak on behalf of yourself. I understand there's viewers listening, Mm -hmm. but ask this question on behalf of yourself and your journey, okay? So ask it in a way that's going to be most beneficial to your own healing. Okay. Do you think if I've done this work and I still maybe have some issues when it comes to sex now that I'm in a relationship what would you think the next move would be? I'm shaking. (laughs) Okay, feel what you're feeling. What are you feeling there? I'm feeling like this is madness because it's just come off at the completely right time because I'm doing some work on this currently and I'm feeling... What is that emotion? The emotion is... I'd say relief and yeah, but also agitation a little bit. Okay. Right. Okay. That's normal when you're being vulnerable. Mm. Okay. All right. So what's my take? Okay. Mm. Is that was that about how you you're in a current relationship now mm-hmm. and 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 what the next step forward for you to be like when it comes to you're saying if you may be still struggling with this yes and now it's because I was that way inclined with sex for so long I feel like now it's gone the opposite direction where it's like I don't want it as much because I've got because I've all this has come out okay does that make sense yeah yeah all right so what i invite you to this is if you're open to this podcast going in this direction right now but it can go absolutely small small segment okay all right i invite you to ask me if you're willing to be as vulnerable as you like what are you specifically struggling with right now just share what you're specifically struggling with okay the desire to have sex but once i'm doing it unreal but it's that I don't have a drive and I don't know if I'm thinking too much into it because of the work that I've already done surrounding sex or it's just that I need to make more of an effort. Okay. All right. So you're struggling with not having as much of a drive to have sex. Is that Mm -hmm. right? 
Okay. All right. Let's let's go into your perception on that. All right. All right. So take a big breath in now. Close your eyes. And in a moment, Courtney, what I'm going to invite you to do is to embody the part of you who is observing you not having as much of a drive to have sex. As you embody this part of you who's observing you not having as much of a drive to have sex, you may experience some judgment towards it. You may experience some thoughts that are revolved around shame or guilt. Give permission to that part of you to think what she's thinking and to feel what she's feeling. She has full permission to feel that and think that. Let go of your logical parts of you who may interrupt her. In a moment, what I'm going to ask is that part of you who may hold some judgment towards that other part of you for not having as much of a drive to have sex to come forward and openly share her perspective. And Courtney, opening your eyes as her. Okay, Courtney, thank you for joining us. Now what I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about Courtney for not having as much of a drive to have sex? How does that make you feel? I think that she loves a boyfriend so much, so why the fuck isn't she wanting to? Mm, right. Okay. And what does that mean to you that she's not, even though she loves her boyfriend so much? I think that maybe I think that maybe that she's she's just thinking too much into the work she's doing. Or I'm not sure. How, yeah. does it, how does it make you feel about her? It makes me feel a bit angry with her. Right, yep. That she should feel, I think that she should feel guilty. Okay, yeah. And what are you using that anger and guilt to her for? What's the outcome that you want to create by getting angry at her and making her feel guilty for it? I want her to want it. Right. Because if she does want it and she does do it, what would that mean about her in your eyes? That she loves a boyfriend, but she, I know she already does. Okay. But that act will, you know, affirm that she actually does. Yeah. Right? All right. And if she does love her boyfriend because she's having sex with him in that way, what will that then give her? It will give her ha just happiness and contentment. Right. H how do you think her boyfriend will receive that if he knows that she loves him because she's having sex with him? He'll be he'll be happy. <laughs> and but he already he, I know he already is happy. He just might be a little frustrated. Okay, you get it. You're getting logical there. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Take a big breath in. It's all right. Don't need to apologize. Okay, it's just that's just the other part of you stepping in being logical, yeah? Yeah. 
Okay, take a big and I breath. And I heard I heard the difference as well. Yes, that's it. Okay, it's like it's like you butting in to that other part of you who's like, no, wait a minute, she should <laughs> yeah. feel guilty. Yeah, you know, sex means that she loves him, and if she loves him, what's that going to give her? Like, how is that sex trying to keep her safe or protect her or allow her to survive by her showing that? She loves him. What's that giving her? A sense of love. That's okay. Right. So with the sex not there, what's what's that? Um, how is that? How is that bringing her? How is that? Is that making her feel unsafe at all? Without that there. Probably. Unsafe without it there. It maybe. Okay, so I'm just going to share my observation now. Okay. Okay, so this is my take now. I just had to ask you a few questions before yeah. I could share it. All right, so there's a part of you there who's judging the other part of you for not having sex with your boyfriend. 100%. Okay? She's judging that part of you to motivate her to have sex with him because her having sex with him will show that she loves him. Mm -hmm. That love, by showing him that she loves him, will provide her that security in the relationship. Yeah. That's what will bring up the happiness. Yep. Without the sex there... There isn't that happiness in that part of you's eyes because yeah. sex means love and love means and, – and sex means happiness because mm -hmm. it provides that connection. So it's almost like there's a part of you who's judging you for not doing it because sex is what connection is to that part of you. So if you're yeah. not having sex, you're going to get judged by that part of you. Yeah. How does that sit with you? It's like that was amazing. <laughs> Honestly, like, but what, so what would you do to move forward with that? Okay. Would you say? Right. To, to get that part of me that judges me to kind of work with me in a way that's going to help me move forward. Right. Okay. Well, question to you now. Okay. Where does that part of you come from? The judgment part. Yeah. That says like I should be having sex. Probably yeah. the part of me that's always had sex to feel liked. Right. And where did she learn that from? That you need to well, her dad her dad because well, the relationship with the dad because it was always like this need to to be liked, this like really like I can't explain it, this feeling mm. from the inside out to to like please like me, please don't be mad. And right. I kind of, I don't know where I learned that maybe the, just the first time I had sex at an early age, it was like, oh, they like this. Right. So I'll do it more because then I'll be liked. Right. Right. Okay. So, so how old is she? That, oh God, she is out in myself, but I don't care. Probably about 13. Okay, she's that. That's your inner thirteen-year-old. Mm. 
judging you for not having sex. Why? Because if you don't have sex, you're not going to be liked by who your boyfriend. That's what's making her feel uneasy about that. Okay. And this isn't to say that you can't have sex or anything, but it's just, it's, it's, it's ensuring that your intention for having sex is coming from a place that's uh, healthy to you. Because if I'm going to ask the part of you who's being judged by that part of you for not having sex, how is she receiving that? Say that again. Okay. So there's this part of you who's judging you yeah. for not having sex, right? Yeah. How is the part of you who's being judged? Yeah. How is she receiving that judgment? How is she receiving that? Oh, my God. Like, literally, like someone's throwing bricks at her. Like, just... Whoa, overwhelming. Right. What does that make her want to do when she's being overwhelmed? Not have it. There you go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that is insane. And you know what? It's like I I've done I've done this work and it's it's just when you go through it like that step by step, it's like I know kind of the outskirts. I know there's some reasons why there's some judgment there. So there's some shame there from the past that mm-hmm. has been stopping me from having that desire and wanting to. But it's when you break it down like that and you address those parts of you. So that was like a clear example of shadow work. So yeah. I did not expect the podcast to go in that direction. Like I have actual boob sweat. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that. No, oh, I, like that was amazing. Mm. And I think it's just knowing that you do have these parts of you. Like we in society, people strive so much to be perfect. Right. And which is that was the inspiration for this podcast. And I think this just is, is just a prime example of how we can be proudly imperfect and we can move through those parts of us that we currently hold in shame on us for. So thank you so much for that. That was amazing. Um so I just, I just want to I just want to make a point because a lot of this work, you know, people talk about like you know your relationship with others all comes from your relationship with yourself, and you know work yeah. on your relationship with yourself. Your relationship with yourself is your relationship that these parts of you have with each other. Mm-hmm. That's the relationship with yourself. So, so the way to move forward with that. So you got these two parts of you that are now not coexisting in harmony right now in the context of your sex life yeah okay, one of you uh hold upholds a lot of value of sex because it gives her a sense of worth because people will like her if she has sex with them so you got this part of you your 13 yeah. year old self and then you got the part of you who's feeling pressured and overwhelmed to do it and she probably doesn't even want to do it with that intention but felt like she was forced to do that why so she could be liked and accepted but now she's going through this period of her life where she's like no i'm not listening to you anymore so there's this there's this like resistance that these two parts of you have with each other so the way forward now then and this is what uh, we uh, we do in our program at triba is we get people to embody another part of them which is called the higher self. Yeah. So the higher self is like the mitigator. It's the part of you who steps in and be like, okay, North Korea, okay, South Korea, (laughs) let's talk about this. Let's talk about this and talk it through. And the way you do that is by understanding the needs of these two parts of you. This is where you can't be overly logical. 
about resolving these issues because let's say you know america walks in 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 between north and south korea and goes okay guys why doesn't everyone just get along (laughs) you know you're all family over here just get along if you get along economically you guys will both be better because the amount of money that you're spending on this war isn't helping all of your citizens right very logical answer now, to these parts of us, you can you know understand this is a 13-year-old part of you, right? How old is the other part of you? Um, I'd say about, well, two, maybe two years. Right. Okay. You're, you're, you're now talking to a two-year-old, <laughs> a 13-year-old. Being overly logical about this stuff may not resonate with them. And it may just, if you barge in and express that to them, it may just make them feel unheard, unseen, Mm. like they're being judged, like you don't understand them, like you don't get it. And they're just going to reject you. Yeah. So what you got to do is you got to understand the needs of this part of you. So just quickly now, the 13-year-old self, what does she need right now just to allow her to coexist with this part of you a bit better and to promote more growth towards a better relationship with sex. Like what is she going to need? What does she need within herself? I think just to feel safe and loved and to know that she doesn't need to get that by doing this, that she's loved anyway. All right. Now safe and loved. Okay. Very broad term. Yeah. Yeah. Now, safe, feel safe and love. It can look different for so many different people, yeah? Yeah. Some people, it's a hug. Some people, it's let's sit down and have a chat. Some people, it's like, cook me some chicken noodle soup, right? <laughs> it looks different for everyone. So for her, wh- how, how does she want to feel loved? I'd say... Hmm... That's a hard mm. question. I'd yeah. say she wants to feel loved by. Do you mean by me or by the higher self? Okay. I'd say it's, it's, you know. Quick question: Because what's on. your what's your current relationship with her like? I well, right now, um, I would say like it's just on the rocks. <laughs> it's okay. In right. turmoil. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> You judge Her. your judgment. <laughs> See that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So I think I need to be kinder to her. I need to right. physically kind of allow allow her to come out more as well and listen to her and just maybe just ask her what she genuinely needs in that moment. And like, mm-hmm. even if I go and do something for myself, do it with the intention of, I'm doing this for my, for this part of me who's judging myself, you know, whether it be whatever, like genuinely makes me feel safe and love, like mm. going to do things that I love and just the little things that bring me joy, but going with the intention of, okay, this is, is what I'm doing here. If right. you know what I mean. Beautiful. Okay. I'm going to share my take on that. Yeah. Beautifully mm-hmm. said. This part of you wants to be understood because what we what we don't understand, we judge. Okay. Okay, because the opposite of judgment would be acceptance. Yeah. Okay. So whatever we don't accept, we judge, we reject it. 
this is why when people let's say you're in a country and for uh, out of nowhere a bunch of immigrants come over and they look differently they have different religion our go-to is to judge them on a subconscious level because we don't understand them yeah right we don't understand what are these turbans they wear and all this sort of stuff you know we judge it because we don't get it right same thing with ourselves we judge parts of us that we don't understand or we may logically understand it. Oh, it comes from my relationship with my dad, blah, blah, blah. But if you're not able to actually give that part of you the understanding, which is what compassion is, yeah. they're not going to receive it. So as the higher self, the higher self's role in that situation is to be like, look, I get it. I get why you want to have sex. It makes sense. You want to be liked. This is your way of feeling liked. It makes you feel good when you're liked and you want to please your boyfriend, you want to make him happy because then you're going to feel loved. I get that. I don't judge you for that. It makes sense. It makes actual sense. And I understand how much you've done this and how it's been reinforced. Therefore, I can get how familiar it is for you to be seen and loved and appreciated in this way. So for that reason as well, I also don't judge you. And I also understand where you formed this survival adaptation from because it comes from your relationship with your dad because you didn't feel loved in the, in, from your father the way that you needed it at that time. And this was just something that you created as a way to give you that love that you needed to make you feel accepted in the world. So for that, I do not judge you. Bang, compassion. Now, you heard me saying that to you. How did it feel receiving that? Um, <laughs> speechless, amazing. Like it was just, it was like a release as you said it. Right. Okay. There you go. Right. Mm. So let's talk about it. This part of you wants to have sex. Why? So she can feel loved. Yeah. Now, by you going in there and giving her some compassion, you've given her what she needed. Yeah. By not being logical about it, by not saying you're loved, by just <laughs> understanding her. Yeah. You just understood her and that's given her what she needed. Now, once you've given her that compassion, that's when now she's in a space where she trusts you more. She's more open to what you have to say. That's when then you can give her the truth, which is sex does not define your worth as a human being you're worthy without it like but you got to give the compassion understanding first yeah okay it's like you're stepping into a teenage girl's room <laughs> after she's been rejected the school prom or some shit like you know her her, her favorite guy that she wants to go with the prom troy you know went <laughs> with felicity instead and she's crying in her room you know you don't go in there and be like don't be upset. There's plenty of fish out there in the sea. Like you can say that, but it's not validating her experience. Just go in there and be like, hey, I get it. You really liked him. He's handsome. You want to go with the prom with him. Makes sense. And now you're feeling a sense of loss and grief because what you expected to happen isn't happening. And I see that. And that's valid. Okay. I don't reject your emotional experience right now. Your, your reality is valid. Okay. Oh, it's relieving. Fuck, someone actually understands me. Yeah. My gosh. That's what it was. That's what it felt like then when you were saying that stuff. It was like, right. oh. 
<laughs> and then you after you, that relief is gone down and you're not so stressed and overwhelmed that's when you're able to think more logically that's when you can go in and be like hey the truth is you know it, it, it wasn't meant to be with troy he was an asshole anyway <laughs> all right it, you know the universe just created this divine alignment for you so you didn't have to go there and date his you know annoying ass and you know he's david instead david's a good boy <laughs> <laughs> i love that honestly that was that was absolutely amazing like, and i think as well it was just like a perfect example of what shadow work does and how powerful it was that was what 15 minutes and i just feel like i don't know i feel like a new woman <laughs> um so what would you say to people who are a bit worried to open this box because obviously these things have been in this box for people lock them away and they think that's the safest thing and they build up all this kind of suppressed emotion like you said like even doing that I I felt a release um and I'm I'm always working on like my emotions and things like that but for people who've never touched that box never opened that box don't even know the box is there and they feel all pent up with emotion and things like that. How would you advise or what would you say to people who are a bit worried about opening that box from a safe space? Good question. Um, okay. So well, first of all, the the apprehension, the worry, the resistance, it's that's valid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Visualize that as a younger part of you let's say in a child in a teenager who's about to go to their first day of school or high school on the car drive there not even on the car drive days before weeks before months before you know it's like high school wow Building up. School, yeah you know? There's this level of like apprehension stress overwhelm excitement you know this nervous system response that occurs within our body. Same thing when you're about to go on a, if you're about to begin a healing journey or you're even continuing a healing journey and you're about to face another layer. Mm -hmm. Now, when that part of you comes up and you feel that, what I would recommend is for you to guide that part of you through that and validate their emotions throughout that process of even just starting. Okay. So for example, it's like you're in the car, you're, you know, you're about to go to high school, you you know, the higher self is there and the higher self's in the car. It's like, I get it. Yeah. It's your first day of high school. You don't have many friends there. It's, you know, you don't know where anything is. There's lots of rooms. Yeah. Lots of spots that are untraveled, you know, unhidden, like uh, uh, unfamiliar territory. A lot mm -hmm. of different parts of people everywhere like it's just you know you're just stepping into this fucking labyrinth with all these <laughs> yeah. personalities and all these places that are so unfamiliar of course it's valid to feel that and it's normal to feel that like it's not if you got this expectation on yourself where you got to go into this healing journey like yes i am ready <laughs> to heal and i'm full of love like fuck <laughs> it's kind of like the expectation that you got to start going to the gym and you have to be fit and strong and healthy before you go to the gym. It's yeah. Bullshit. 
let yourself feel whatever you feel. Let yourself experience whatever you're experiencing while you're entering into this. Otherwise, what you can do is you can judge yourself for feeling that before you start. It's like, I'm too scared. I'm too nervous to do it. I'm not ready. You know, we just get in our heads and we create stories. And what does that do? It really just adds more stress in our body. It creates more of an imprint on the original imprints there. And it just re-traumatizes us. It's like being in the car and the higher self is there going, you're not ready for school because you're stressed. Look at you. You should be confident. You know, you're, you're not ready to do this. You're going to fail. Like, imagine that. That's yeah. what people do to themselves. So that's number one, first tip. Mm-hmm. Is develop a better relationship with the part of you who's scared to do this work. Okay? Because you're not going to start uh, unless you're at least accepting that you know you, it's okay to be vulnerable and and feeling those ways um, about it. Next thing, um, look, it can be a bit overwhelming to be like, yeah, where do I start? There's so many things, and you mm-hmm. know, some people may have overly intellectualized their whole childhood. It's like I know this happened at that time. I feel and- like I do that sometimes. Yeah, that's very common uh, with people that perhaps have taken more of a top down approach and it's 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 good but again it's kind of like you've overly intellectualized traveling to india before you've even gone there and yeah like sometimes you just got to go like just yeah and experience it like whatever you've read online about it is not gonna be what your experience is like who knows you may get there and you're like i met the most random person here and then i was smoking hashish with these random (laughs) urban people and then i went into this house and they cooked me food like fuck i didn't read any of that on on, online like something you just gotta go and experience it right you gotta feel Mm. it so you know some people may be in that state they've overly intellectualized their whole childhood some people may not remember anything in their childhood yeah and they're like i can't remember anything look the best piece of advice i can give people uh in a state like that um just focus on one thing now that you're struggling with in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, it, it all shows itself on the surface. Okay. So on the surface, you know, like, okay, I drink too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm gambling. I'm, I'm, I'm overly eating food. I'm procrastinating this. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not uh, challenging myself in my career or, you know, my sex and intimate life isn't, uh, enjoyable now i don't feel safe or dating i can't communicate effectively in these situations i freeze up whatever it is on the surface just just bring that into your awareness be honest with yourself about it okay because what we can do to kind of push these things away is deny it i don't drink that much oh this job is okay you know i'll start next week like you know we we can just deny it as a way to temporarily self-soothe from that stress which is okay we all do it Okay, but in order for you to grow through that specific thing that you're struggling with, you've got to be honest with yourself about it. And then that's when you can go into it with some compassion, some curiosity, mm-hmm. some courage. Okay, just embody some of those traits. And then, you know, with some skillful guidance, it does make it a whole lot easier. Okay, just have someone there to guide you through it. You can better understand it, understand what's going on there. And when you can understand it, it's going to be very relieving for you. You're going to feel so much better because I know what it's like when you're experiencing patterns that you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. It's fucking worse. It's the worst. <laughs> That's the worst part about it. Like when 
you're you're struggling with something you don't know why yeah and you keep you're just like why like and you can't help yourself and i just want to let everyone know who's watching like it's listening it's completely okay like we don't want you to judge yourselves here for if you are stuck in a pattern but we're just saying we get it like i've been there where and i still you know i'm still learning i'm still doing these things where i'll repeat a pattern and then you get so frustrated with yourself in the moment and then it's about having to work through that and just knowing that it's like, why am I doing this? Why? <laughs> like, especially when you repeat, yeah. Especially when you're, especially when you thought that you've, you've, you've yeah. kind of like covered all of it, and then yeah. it happens again. You're like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> yeah. I thought I fully healed this. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, you just, you know, it, it's like, it's just look. The thing with my the porn and sex worker mm. uh, experiences I had. Yeah, it came in layers. Like, okay. you know, there was a, a period of time where, you know, I wouldn't watch porn for like a month, two months, back to it, you know. And then there was a point where I didn't watch it for a year and back. Okay. But each time I lapsed, okay, on the, on the experience, like the pattern, and this will commonly show up in any form of addiction, uh, is you just get a deeper understanding of it. You uncover a deeper layer and you understand that even more. You might process and feel feel a lot more that's uh, of the emotions that uh are still there you know and that's mm-hmm. okay um and yeah accepting that i think is very important as well uh, on the journey but you know look what's great about that is you're continuing to grow and evolve you're like you're you're continuing to become a better version of yourself it doesn't mean you're going to get to this perfect fixed destination straight away but Starting this journey, it's just you're just committing to becoming a better version of you. And and sometimes the way it works is it happens in this really weird, abstract, metaphorical, figurative, emotional way mm-hmm. that we'd call the spiritual journey. That is just like an extra layer of uh, what this experience is all about in the human experience. And you're just tapping into that layer and it does it does make life a lot more meaningful to me yeah. anyway, because they, you hey. just realize how much meaning there is behind everything. Even the most smallest behavior that you do. And and like, just as we explored there, like you, you know, the, the thing with sex, like some people may just not even, some people, they don't even talk about it. That, that, yeah. that happens for years and they don't have sex. Yeah. And years and years and years. And then, you know, it, it's unspoken. Mm. in marriages and stuff you know I so it's just it, like when you can just open up about it and talk about it you can understand there's so much meaning there about it and it's all coming from a good place yeah it's all coming from a place of love and when you can understand that that even in your most unfavorable behaviors and actions that there's love there it really does add a lot more depth to life that you see love in so many different ways a hundred percent and I think that's why you do what you do so well like you bring you know that everything's coming from a place of love but you also don't make it that serious like like you said all it is like for people who are like worried about opening that box like you said it perfectly like all it is is just striving to become a better version of you and yes sometimes it's messy sometimes it's like you just want to squirm and be like oh my goodness this is horrible but 
it's not that serious. And like, I think that's why with all the videos that you do and like you take the piss of it as well <laughs> in a I good like way, that. like it's not that serious. Like, and I think that's what people need to know going into it as well. Like it gets to be fun and it gets to be like amazing and incredible whilst being messy and imperfect and ugh. You Definitely, know? yeah. Oh, my sense of humor has evolved so much. Since <laughs> has it? Unbelievably, it's just like I've just, I've just it, like such a deep, dark sense of humor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just make jokes about the most fucked up things, <laughs> like uh, you know, really weird parts of me. Just, just, just learning to have a better relationship with them and just having a bit of a laugh about it because. Yeah, this is there is a large serious element to this work, but yeah. I like to balance it out with a bit of play and a bit of fun, mm. just to keep me, yeah, just to have fun with it. Like, I yeah, wait, what's the point of doing this if there's if there's nothing about it that can be fun? Hundred percent. Like even um, even 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 for example, and a lot of religions will depict a lot of these lessons that you know we come to realize through their scriptures you know no matter what religion you go to but you know mm-hmm. jesus in his uh, teachings he talks a lot about embodying joy like in life like it like it doesn't have to be such as and you know he's all about healing and stuff in terms of his philosophies and you know he, he it's like you know it, it doesn't have to be such a serious Sit down. Yeah. You know, tell me about your childhood traumas. <laughs> like it, it can. Yes, look, there's parts of that, but it can literally be done in a way where it's like, like you were laughing when we were having those conversations. Yeah. You're just laughing like, holy fuck! And I had a healing <laughs> session on Sunday. Uh, I was doing some family constellations work. That's quite interesting. I'm learning about that now. And one of the after one of the breakthroughs I had, I was laughing on the floor for like five <laughs> minutes straight, <laughs> shaking. Laugh. It was just hilarious. I just had a breakthrough. It's about something with my grandma, about why she's all like kind of tough and cold, and you know. And I just laughed, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can see that behind her. There's just a little girl that yeah was orphaned when she was young, and she had to be tough as a way to survive the streets and. You know, it's just, you're just seeing love in everything. It's just, even in that coldness that I used to perceive as, oh, she doesn't love me and accept me as a grandson and I'm not getting that love from her as much as I wanted. I'm seeing like, oh my God, it's such a cute little (laughs) woman there that, you know, this little girl and she's so cute. She's so cute with her exterior toughness. And then did that is that what made you laugh? You just, just made me laugh. Yourself? I just started laughing <laughs> about that. it. I was just like, oh my god, that's hilarious. I love that. So true. It's hilarious. Yeah, honestly, like I think it's just important to, to know, like you said, there's a serious side, but what there's there's zero point if you're not having fun with it at the same time because like you're doing it to enjoy life more at the end of the day. So yeah. now I wanted to touch on drinking and confidence quickly before we finish yeah. up, because Again, something that I, so I'll just kind of give you a bit of background. For the past two years, I've done like a month um, out of the year. So it was like that that seed was planted of, oh, I don't need alcohol to feel confident. I don't need alcohol to, um, you know, have fun. Whereas obviously from the age of 
14 up till 24 25 when I first did the month it was like in my head I had all these attachments and beliefs around alcohol and that was the seed planted and then this year I just decided like I've genuinely had enough of it um obviously I'm on this journey I've got my business now and it just was not serving me at all so I took the decision to fully give up I I've said six months but I kind of know in my heart and in my mind now that I'm I'm kind of done with it. Um, so I did want to touch on it just because I know a lot of my community, uh, very sober curious and or not drinking at the moment. So I'm just interested because I know you don't like you'll have the odd, odd pint and stuff, but you don't drink um that much. When did you stop drinking? Okay. I never started, to be honest. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Never started drinking. Uh, like now, I probably have one drink every two months, like okay. if anything. Mm. Uh, look, my relation, look, what I saw with alcohol um, was I would go to, I would go to the piss ups in the park as a teenager. And all I would see was just, people's just i i didn't see anything that that made me feel like this is going to be good for me yeah okay. all that quite young it's good that you had that um do you think that was because you had this idea of protecting your family you didn't want to get into that kind of definitely, thing definitely. okay it, it 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 caused me to not steer towards drugs and alcohol because it was like out of guilt that i didn't want to put more stress on my mum. Mm -hmm. right i'm like you know we had no money yeah and it's like my dad's not here like out of survival it was like out of survival i'm not gonna drink yeah you know it was out of survival it's like because if i do chances of survival drops down okay because i'm more i'm less able to protect family and do whatever i got to do in my life to to create better outcomes so these were some thoughts that i was having as a teenager mm-hmm Another thing as well, the area that I grew up in, there was a lot of violence and, you know, whenever there's alcohol involved, violence would go up. Now, I had no issue engaging in violence if it was out of self-protection. Okay. Okay. Because there was a lot of different type of rival groups in my area. So there was always an element of you having, needing to defend yourself. And some of these groups were more so the aggressors yeah they had more of a group identity a persona uh they were, they were more competitive with other groups who wanted to be the highest one in the hierarchy and mm-hmm. that you know in, in, it's very tribalistic right whereas our group it was more formed purely out of defense for ourselves and again survival adaptation that if we band together these other groups will be less likely to uh attack us so whenever Alcohol was involved at house parties and things like that. I would just see people starting fights for no reason. Yeah. No reason. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah, this can't be good. Like, it can't be good. And and it's not. Like, no. it literally makes you more stupid. And I look, I use the word stupid. I understand it's a judgmental word. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that to judge people that drink and calling them stupid, but it does, it, it makes it, doesn't allow you to use the more 
the, the newer parts of your brain yeah definitely. as much when you're under the influence of alcohol your prefrontal cortex memory your hippocampus all these parts of you shut down and you switch back into the older parts of your brain that's why people are more likely to cheat uh, do drugs self-sabotage get into fights uh just even do- like old patterns like i obviously i was quite um self-conscious and what's the word like my confidence was very very low and I if I was in a relationship and but in that relationship I was very like jealous or I used to think that you know he was always going to go and do something Mm. whilst I've been with Aaron I would never and I've done this work I've just I've never been so happy in a relationship I would never even think that ever I had a drink um one night and it was just like these old patterns these old thought patterns just suddenly came back and I was just convinced that he was like not cheating on me but speaking to this girl and I remember waking up the next day I was like where did that even come from and it's because like you say like the newer parts of your brain just shut down (laughs) exactly and and the thing with that that so that would be jealousy that came out there yeah there's jealousy again it's it's a primitive survival adaptation you see animals getting jealous of, of each other mm. oh the monkey's got my banana you know what i mean it's a survival adapt it's 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 a primitive way of perceiving things if he's with another girl then i'm not getting that love that i need to make sure that i'm valid and worthy mm. and accepted as a human being so i got to really you know analyze this and read the behaviors and every single facial expression that he does Oh, he looked at a girl walking in the club. Fuck, he's cheating on me even more. Reinforce that narrative. Like, look, the thing, the thing uh, with alcohol, I never, never got into it for that reason. Yeah. Uh, me, my, my, uh, the, the thing that I had an issue with with porn, um, and that's very common as well. Uh, not just with with men, but with women as well. And because it was something that I perceived as not having a positive effect in my life, I chose to look into it. So look. If you're feeling this way about alcohol, if you feel like it's not having a very positive effect on your life and you've already overly intellectualized it and gotten logical, like your know, alcohol reduces your REM sleep and then you become more forgetful the following day and you know, you just you're sick of the hangovers and 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 the and the type of behaviors that follow uh, as a result of getting drunk or tipsy, then uh, you know what what I would recommend is understanding why you're using it and that's going to be different for everyone but it may you know at its roots at the core it may be very similar for everyone everyone may relate to it but in between it may be a bit different mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've worked with a lot of uh, people with alcohol a lot of people from the uk a lot of people from ireland very big in that culture yes definitely. Uh, and you know for a lot of people it's just something that is again has just become familiarized because of what they've seen in their parents yeah um, you know growing up and 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 seeing that very similar to me just seeing this porn and ah that's normal you know same thing as uh, getting wasted ah that's normal you know so i would i would advise understanding why you're doing it understanding the underlying dynamics of it because just setting yourself like a target like i'm not gonna drink anymore like that may work mm-hmm terms of achieving whatever long-term goal you may have with alcohol but if you don't address the underlying dynamics yeah uh, that pattern is just very likely to just come back back and 
re-emerge. So you know, understanding why you're doing that. So quick question to you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does alcohol or what did alcohol give you? Oh, I can answer this clearly because I've done so much. Like before, especially even when I was doing the one months here and there, I think there was still a part of me that used alcohol as an escape because I had this kind of underlying like deep hate for myself um, that manifested in a number of different ways. But alcohol give me a an escape from that it also made me feel more confident I do this because it didn't it just pushed me further away from confidence which I now know and what else did it it give me a sense of friendship and I thought that that was the only way I could make friends but I now realize that I still love those people who were in my life at that or are in my life who I drank with but I've now made room for deeper connections, I've made room for deep inner confidence. I can do anything, if not more, without a drink. And what was the other one I just said? And I don't hate myself anymore. I look at the world and I see it completely differently than what I used to. So don't need to escape it. I feel drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Love drunk. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and yeah. it takes practice for a lot of people to get to that. Um so again, be compassionate towards yourself yeah. throughout it. There's so much shame uh, that people who excessively drink have towards themselves. Uh, so yeah, just be be kind to yourself throughout it. Get some support throughout as well. Understand what it gives you. Uh, and you know, answering that question can be really hard for a lot of people. It's like it doesn't give me anything. It just gives me a hangover. It's like yeah, being logical about that yeah. question. You know what I mean? It's like what does it give a part of you? I feel like. When, when when we talk on behalf of parts of us, it gives us permission to actually... Oh, 100%. Be- yeah. Like, a oh, part of me feels that way. It's, like, <laughs> it's not oh, me. Yeah, it's not me. It's a part <laughs> of me. <laughs> Definitely. So, look, if that's going to help you just be a bit more honest with yourself about it, then speak on behalf of parts. And that's that's why I use that uh, in, in the work that we do. It just helps people understand themselves. Mm-hmm a little bit more how they got this like internal society going on. It's yeah. Like, like, hey, 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 let's go like a million oh. thousand different parts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this has been, oh, it's just come at the right time and I hope it comes at the right time for everyone listening. So first of all, how we end it, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you, what you've got going on if you want to, you know, tell people what you do. And then we've got a little, closing tradition that we have so go ahead and just let people know beautiful all right for those of you who want to engage in more of my content you can follow me on social media i'm mainly active on instagram it's just my name charles missy last name m-y-s-s-y uh i'm also on facebook and uh do a little bit of stuff on tiktok um so you can find me there uh for those of you who are interested in getting into shadow work, uh, I run a free, uh, it usually happens every three weeks in a child workshop uh, online. And what you can do is you can just come, you can attend the workshop. I break down all this stuff a lot more in the workshop and also guide you through the step-by-step process of how to do shadow work. And I'll also be there to have some conversations with you if any of you want to come forward and share anything. 
Uh, it's a beautiful group healing experience that has created so many positive shifts for so many people. And I'll be honored to share that with you all. So if you'd like to attend that, you can just go to my Instagram. You can click the link in my bio and over there you will see an option to register for the workshop. Okay. And you can go there. My team will give you everything that you need. You receive your worksheets. You receive all the links. You get reminders for it. Uh, so that would be a great way for you to connect with me and expose yourself to this. If you're ready to just kind of dip your toe in a bit and, and, and see, see how your body and your mind reacts to it and what kind of breakthroughs you may experience. Uh, another thing as well, for those of you who want to go much deeper, uh, who really want to step into this journey and want some guidance and support, I am the co-founder of Triber. Triber is an online uh, healing community where we all do the shadow work together. We have uh, different resources there. We have courses, self-paced courses. We have weekly hypnotherapy. We have group shadow work and inner child work sessions. You receive support outside it's a very beautiful healing community so for anyone who wants to heal in a community and and really get some accountability and support on this journey for you to become the best version of yourself um all you can do is you can again click the link in my bio uh and you know what courtney maybe maybe i can send you that link and you can put it to the um yeah definitely just the uh the, the podcast section uh where you can just book a call with me and uh, it's, we can just have a chat, uh, see if it's for you. I can find out a bit more about you and what you're looking for and see if me and my team are the right fit to guide you on your journey. Yeah, that's it. Amazing. And anyone in Bondi, you can go and say hello and have a dance on a Sunday as well. <laughs> True, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, every Sunday, <laughs> North Bondi, Grassy Knoll. We got, the bon we got Bondi Sunset Music. It's a great sober yeah, uh, drumming, ecstatic dance party. It's unbelievable for anyone who struggles to really get in their body sober and dance and have a good time. It is the perfect place to practice that. I, I can guarantee you that if you come and just stand in the middle or even slightly on the outskirts of, of the of the crowd when they're dancing, just allow the drums to take control and your body will just begin doing the rest and your mind won't have to do anything amazing are you shocked at how big that's got by the way because it's huge now it is huge um did you mean it to go that big or was it no nah, like, it, it happened very organically and randomly yeah. literally i used to go there by myself and play my little drum and i bumped into a guy playing a guitar once and then we just kept meeting up every week and then it just grew organically and then we started getting bigger drums bigger instruments and then during COVID, we kept going and then one day it went viral all over the news and then more people started coming. <laughs> and now, it's, you know, we've got a logo and we've got a media page. Yeah, it's really grown a lot. So it's, it's beautiful. I yeah. love that. Okay, so closing tradition. We've got a rose, a bud and a thorn. Okay, a rose is something that you're extremely happy with in life at the moment. Couldn't get any better. Well, it's always room for improvement, but couldn't get any better. Bud is something that you're currently working on. And a thorn is something that kind of screams proudly imperfect. It's messy. It's something that you've come to accept, but something that just screams imperfect. Mm, nice. All right. The rose, uh, I would, oof, there's a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of petals to the rose, but I, I'd say uh, just, just my lifestyle. You know, I wake up, I go to the beach, I went for a swim, 
meditate. I spend the first couple of hours sometimes just with my dog hanging out at the beach. He's running around playing fetch and it's just beautiful. You know, I get to help people. I have so much time where I can spend doing things that I love. That's something that I've worked really hard on in my life and to get to this point where I can, where I can do this, live so close to the beach and do that. So yeah, that's, that's beautiful rose there in my life. <clears throat> um, a bud, something I'm working on right now. Something that I'm working on now is actually, funnily enough, uh, letting go of this lifestyle that I have now. <laughs> In, in preparation to go and uh, travel the world while I'm working online. So it's something that I've set out to do since COVID and hence the formation of Tribuff and, and changing my career completely and building an online business and courses and things like that. So yeah, I think something I'm working on now is letting go of some of the attachments that I have here that uh, have been so beautiful to me in my journey and uh, allowing space for me to grow and evolve to the next stage uh, in my journey. So yeah, that's a bit challenging going mm -hmm. through that. And uh, a thorn something. This is hard. The, th the thing with the thorns, I feel like when I accept them, they just begin to look like roses. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, even the Definitely. things that I thought were thorns, you know, I see him as a rose <laughs> now. But, but if I'm going to give an example of something that um, probably jeez, uh, mm, okay, wait, let, let me just let me just feel into my body right now. <laughs> the intuition of the universe. What is saying? I'd probably say that there are. Oh, but no, I haven't. I haven't really accepted that. I feel like I'm still kind of working on that. I, what I feel is like it? What go with that? Go yeah, with it. it. It's like sometimes I can be really kind of hey, go with the flow, okay. and hey, whatever happens, happens. And it's uh, you know, hence why I can be really creative because mm -hmm. I'm tapping into that energy. Feminine, of just, yeah, yeah, it's that feminine energy, right? Uh, so something I am working on is becoming more structured logistics um and 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 just because you know i do want to have a family one day and um running a business as well being a being a being a ceo of a business as well yeah and, you know, having investment properties things like that it really it, it calls you to step into your masculine as a 100%. way to, to do yeah. that so so that's something that yeah that's something that i gotta check in with every now and again but uh look I have accepted it in so many ways that it helps me in a lot of ways, being creative and yeah, and and being in that playful nature as well, which I do love. So yeah, that that would be my thorn. Amazing. Well, thank you so so much. That was absolutely incredible. Honestly, it was amazing to have you on. And thank you everyone else for listening. It was amazing. Mm, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Oh. It was I got a lot of energy from it. Good. Me too. Yeah, you've, you've got a beautiful energy, Courtney. You're a great host. Thank you. Okay. I've been on a lot of podcasts. You are a great host. Um, and yeah, have we met in person? No, we have not. I've been okay. to the drums and things, but we've not like, I've, I've only been a few times and yeah, we've not met in person yet. Yet. Okay. Right. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person and, 
And I just want to say thanks, everybody, for tuning in, listening to my story. And I hope that some of what I said has helped you in some way. And if you have any questions, you can just send me a message and ask me and I shall answer it. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.